Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 55 of Connection Not Perfection, the podcast where parents and teachers can find ideas, strategies, and resources for connecting with teens. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and it is great to have you with me. Today, I'm continuing the conversation I started last week with Melissa Castillo, educator extraordinaire. Now, in case you didn't catch the first part of our discussion, let me tell you all about Melissa. She's a national board certified professional teacher, a blogger, an academic coach, a curriculum designer, and a technology integrator with 30 years of experience. During her years in the classroom, she served as a teacher mentor for colleagues and student teachers. She's the owner of MBC Academic Coaching, and she also works as a freelance writer and photographer. And one of her passion projects right now is supporting new middle school educators. Now, today as we finish our conversation, we hit on some pretty heavy things, like when to pull in a counselor for help with a student, or what it looks like to be open to honest critique as a teacher, and how Melissa is truly living the dream. Now, we're jumping back into the conversation as we talk about the challenge that she gave to the teachers she mentors right now. I won't make you wait any longer, here we go. I did a first week challenge where I challenged the, the teachers to go in if they had their curriculum or if they had what they knew they were going to be needing for the first week, put together that good old milk crate with the file folders and have your copies made, have everything lined out for the week so that that's one less thing you have to worry about. You can focus more on your students. I love that. I love that. So, and again, that ties right back to when you have the organization down and when you are prepped in that way, it frees you up to be able to connect with your students and really think about um, who they are, learning their names. I know that's a huge thing that first week. Um, And really trying to connect on a personal level with as many of them as you possibly can initially. So I love that. Right, right. I, I, I completely agree. Love that. Well, the other part to this, and this is kind of addressing the other part of my audience, which would be the parents. What would you, and I know we talked about you have two sons, yes, who are right now, they're grown, and, and I have two kiddos, a boy and a girl, who are actually in high school now. So what do you wish your children's middle school teachers had known, either about your kids or about you as a parent, when your kids were in middle school? What would you want teachers to understand about the parents and about the kids? Well, this is kind of an interesting question because my kiddos attended the same schools in the district that I worked. So not only did I know these teachers personally, but I worked with them as colleagues. But I think if I had to say one thing that I, I really wish the teachers knew was they knew my children on a more personal level. And again, that's that's a difficult thing. If, if you're teaching, you know, 35 students per class period or even 25 or 28 or 20, it, it is a chore to get in and to take the time to know them and to understand them on a personal level and to not put aside the importance of that. Um, I had two very, very different children. And so the first one came through. And the other thing I would just say is if you're teaching siblings mm-hmm. to, of course, not... 
base what you know about one on the other and to give them their fair shot. But my kids had a fantastic middle school experience with phenomenal teachers. And I can say that because, again, they're colleagues and friends. But there were some instances and circumstances where uh, issues came up and, and I felt like, you know, wow, if you just knew this about my kiddo or if you just kind of knew this about him on a personal level or took that into consideration that that might have made a difference in the outcome of, you know, say something that that came up. But I I just think that it's important for the teacher to understand that the kids are human and that they are dealing with outside issues and situations that affect their performance in the classroom. And to understand that is really a part of your, your teaching you know, portfolio, you're teaching uh, tools, because when you have kids that come in that have experienced trauma or tragedy, or some kind of drastic change, you really need to acknowledge and address that in whatever way you're comfortable or whatever way you're possible, because until you get into that, you're not going to be able to deliver your content. Kids, kids sometimes are functioning on survival mode. They come to your classroom with all kinds of, of experiences that, you know, I can think back as, as a, a kid myself, I had never had that experience. And so one of the really profound things that I learned in, in developing my community of success was when I would reach out and ask students to share personal information, I was, I was getting back information that I was not prepared to receive. That's one of the things I tell the new teachers, if you're going to start digging and asking for personal information within reason, be prepared for them to share. They're willing to share that over the summer, you know, their, their father passed away on the vacation uh, or that, you know, a very important person in their life passed on or they've had a, a critical move in their family or shift in their family. They are willing and want to share that so that you hear them. And, you know, you really need to be prepared for that information because sometimes you're just not you don't think about kids sharing that, but they do need you to know that that's where they're coming from. And I think once they understand that you acknowledge that, they're more open to receiving the message that you're giving the curriculum, the material. Um, and it just becomes a place that they know they're safe, that you do understand yeah. and see them. So yeah, that safety, yeah. that safe space. I that's really, right. I, right. I think that's you. That's very huge. Well, And it's interesting that you say that because I do think, especially as new teachers coming in, it is hard to imagine some of the things that, especially kids middle school age, some of the things that they're dealing with, some of the traumas that they've endured and experienced. And what I learned is that you can't ever look at a kid and and make an assumption about why they're behaving the way that they are or Um, where something is coming from. And that's hard sometimes, especially when you feel like you're being um, attacked or disrespected in some way, but really taking that breath and thinking, okay, in whatever, for whatever reason, this behavior makes sense for this kid. I need to figure out what that is. Exactly. And, and, and making, again, going back to, it's about the student. It's not about you. It's about what's going on in their head and their lives and how you can best reach them. So my next, my, I guess a follow-up to that would be, at what point do you pull in like a counselor or someone, someone else who is a support staff member, an administrator, when you do find out something that is relevant to what's happening with a student, either behavior-wise, academically, or whatever, how do you know when to pull somebody in? 
You know, that's that's a good question. And that's a tough question, too, especially for, for new and beginning teachers or even veteran teachers. Obviously, the, the rule is if, you know, a, a student indicates they're going to harm themselves or that they are in danger in any way, you're, you're obligated by law to report that immediately to your counselor, to your administration. Uh, you walk a fine line in asking students for personal information and then not sharing that out. So when I do these activities where, you know, I'm asking them for personal information to share out, I always tell my new teachers, you, you have to put out the disclaimer, you know, listen, guys, this is the information that I will just keep private to me. This helps me understand you, but you need to know there are some things that if you do share that I have to get help with. And so I think, first of all, it's important for the kids to know that when you are asking and they are giving that information, that they know what you're going to do with it, what your intentions are with that. And that helps establish that trust. Uh, for me, you know, I think that just the degree of, um, or maybe the seriousness of the information, I just kind of went with the rule of if, if I felt like a student was in danger or was going you know, going to be harmed, that I always referred it, referred it out. I didn't try to handle any of that. Um, I personally never came across anything that was, that I didn't feel comfortable handling that I didn't pass on to a counselor. So that is, that is a tough question. Uh, but for me, the most important thing was for students to understand why I was asking for the information. You know, what are your dreams? What are your hopes? What are your low points? Uh, what are your fears? Tell me um, some things that make you uncomfortable. And I, I think it's important for them to understand why you're asking for the information, what you plan to do with it, how that's going to help you help them. Um, so I'm not sure if that answers your question, but. No, it, it does. It totally does. I, and I think you're right. That rule of thumb, which again, like you said, is a law, like they're going to hurt themselves or others for sure. Yeah. So I, I think you're right. It's hard to know. It's really hard to know. And, and it's a, a lot of it is experience and, and figuring it out. And it so, is. But if you use the guide of what is best for the student, what, what's going to be best for the student, I, I don't think you'll ever go wrong. Um, right. Even if you err on the side of caution, it, 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 it can't hurt. But I just, you know, keeping the student focus, what's best for the student, how is this going to serve the student or how will this help the student? I think if you keep your intentions pure in that way, that, that you'll go right the majority of the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And staying away from anything that smacks of gossip or, you know, right. scintillating, that kind of thing. I would right. agree with that. Yeah. Okay. What else would you like to share? Well, what I would like to share for new and beginning teachers is, gosh, what a, what a, hard, what a loaded question. There's, there's so much there. Uh, obviously, they've, hopefully they've chosen the profession because they love kids and they love working with kids and they have a passion for the subject that they're teaching. I think that's important too. You don't always get the assignment or the position that you want, but in some way to find that passion for the material that you're, you're teaching kids, I think is, is critical. Um, to reach out for help, to um, understand that, that you're not going to be perfect, but to be open to uh, suggestions and to feedback, uh, even criticism. And that's hard because we do take everything personally. Most of the time it's not personal. Um, I would just say um, I'm really big on teaching not only my kids, but to sharing with new teachers that you, you have to be able to um, reach out and seek information to improve yourself always on a daily basis. What can I read? 
Who can I talk to? What things can I watch or view that'll help me grow not only as a person, but as a teacher? And the same thing for the students. How can I learn to become an independent learner, to, to get reach out and to, to read things and to, to help myself? So I think for new teachers just to you know, really be open to that learning process. Um, there are still things that, that when I go back in, I sub that I'm learning with kids. You, you just never stop learning when it's with kids because there's always something new that comes up. And um, just to be open to that, just to be open and to be willing to grow, have that growth mindset of improvement and um, just all for the benefit of kids. Right. So growth mindset. And then I would add to that, um, it sounds like transparency of, of being open to um, just really putting yourself out there in right. ways that help you grow as an educator. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So transparency and the growth mindset. Oh my gosh. Like that's just huge. And being able to help kids step into that growth mindset and be resourceful. I really Right. And I, I, when I taught, I called it, you know, being an independent learner. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know the answer and I know the website you need to go to, but guess what? It's more important to me that you get the skills that will help you understand how to find those resources in the future, because you're not going to be in a position every single time where there's somebody handing that information out. So those skills about, you know, learning how to go out and get the information on your own. Here's my problem. How do I solve it? Where are the resources that can help me solve the problem? How can I connect with those resources? To me, that was huge as far as my teaching style and, and helping kids. And um, that might go back to me, you know, being maybe a little more firm was I didn't just hand out the answers. It was more about, well, here are the resources. Now, how can you help yourself with that? So yeah. I was big on, on them becoming independent learners. Yeah, I just still remember getting a lot of how do you spell blah, blah, blah. And my answer was always right. Dictionary. Right. <laughs> the dictionary. So, okay. So my curiosity is, and speaking of being connected with kids, do you still have relationships with some of the students that you've had in the past? Like, what is your connection like with them? What have you heard back from those kids who are now adults? Well, um, not that I want to admit that I have taught students that are old enough to be adults in their 40s with children of their own, um, but that, that is a fact after being in the, the teaching profession for as long as I have. I really have a lot of connections with former students. Uh, I've taught in the general same area in a couple of di different districts. I just, j just, this is a crazy question because I was just an AGB and had a former student who's also a member of the New Beginning Teacher Group Prepping for Success. And she um, introduced me to her beau. We, we, you know, we were there standing in, I think, the uh, vitamin section or something. And she said, oh, hey, so-and-so, come over here. I want to introduce you to, you know, the teacher who inspired me to become a teacher. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh. You know, pulled on those heartstrings. And I was like, oh, you know, great. So she stayed in touch. I've got kids that um, are teachers now themselves. And, you know, they, they know, you know, they remember the times and the things that I had them do. One student in particular, I, I think back in the day when I was teaching gifted students and there was no curriculum, I was a new teacher and the principal said, hey, we want you to do this new state program. I was like, great, I'm on board. Where's the book? And he said, well, you know, there's really not a book. You're just going to kind of make it up as you go. 
so I did, and it turned out to be fantastic, and, and that helped me in writing curriculum. So I've basically written the curriculum I've used my entire career, uh, you know, for the most part. But anyway, I had them do this travel project where they had to choose seven different countries and 15 modes of transportation. It was this outrageous, huge project. And um, I had a student who is now very well-traveled, and she has even reported back on Facebook, hey, this was on my travel list. From oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, wow, that's, that's fantastic. But she was able to see actually the places that she planned as a sixth grader in this crazy project I had them do. You know, I just, of course, there are kids that, you know, if one time I went into the, the emergency room with a leg injury and, you know, there was a, a tech working and it was a student that I had taught. So, you know, when you, I think, you know, teachers forget sometimes when you teach, you are touching the world really. And, and gosh, you better make those relationships and you want them to be great because um, you're going to see those kids again. They're going to be your, your, your people who are taking care of you, whether it's, you know, somebody in the, the emergency room or whether it's a, uh, you know, somebody that, that's going to provide a service for you later, whether they have a, an auto body shop, you know, you're just going to be touching kids that are in all different professions and all different roles in your community, in your society. And, and you're touching those from the beginning, from the ground up. And um, so that's been really fun and really neat to connect and to stay connected and, and to even say, you know, hey, what do you think, even to ask advice from them, you know, what, what do you think about this? This is your expertise. Can you give me any help on this? And I, I think it's thrilling not only for me to know that I've taught a student, but now I can go back and ask, hey, can you give me some advice on what you're an expert in? Or, and them to feel comfortable going, hey, yeah, I remember you, and here's what I would do. And just to see them succeed is, you know, really? that's thrilling and, and yes. I have to say this you are living the dream like <laughs> I mean that is truly as a teacher yeah. and yeah. that's something that I talk about is you really I, I think that for the teachers who are are in it with passion for the kids for right. the subject area that is the dream to be the grown-up that those yeah. kids remember you want to yeah. be that grown-up that they remember and oh my yeah. gosh like you it sounds like you have done that many times over so yeah yeah and that's that's just a lot of fun and and um just to be able to connect with them on an adult level mm -hmm. uh, and they, they they do remember how you treat them they they honestly oh. do and you know that gives you pause right there because as a new and beginning teacher you're not always making the best choices and so <laughs> you know there are times when i think when i meet you know some of these adult students gosh did i did I really do the right thing by them? Or was that one of those periods of time where I really fouled things up? I hope not. But I think if you go in with good, honest intentions and they see that and they know your heart, they know you're going to make mistakes. And that's another critical piece of being a teacher is it's okay for your students to see that you make mistakes. It's yeah. equally important for them to see, okay, what is she going to do with this mistake? How does she back up? How does she move on? Uh, we're not perfect, and and kids nowadays are lacking that grit of, you know, now I've experienced a failure, and where how do I get up from here? What do I do to move on from this? So that's really important for us as teachers to, to show that we are human, that we do make mistakes, and, and what do we do with those mistakes, and how do we move forward from that? So it's just really 
you know, influencing young minds and not only in terms of curriculum, but also behavior and just, you know, how to, how to live as a, as a decent and kind human being. Right. And, and really, and, and I firmly believe that because we're all going to make mistakes and sometimes they're doozies, right? Even in right. front of the classroom, because we're human beings too. And we have stuff that we're dealing with. And these are people that you are up close and personal with really a, a huge portion of, of your life. Like every day you're with, with your students. And so being able to reconcile in a way that brings connection and shows humility and transparency. I think that's a huge life lesson to learn, to be able to show that to your students. I mean, that's, right. a, that's a hard thing. I feel like that's, as an adult, that's something I'm still working on. So it, to it be able is. to model that for your students is crazy. It is. Thing. Yeah. It is. And, and it's, and it's difficult. It, it is a difficult thing to do. And that's, that's part of the difficulty I think, or the challenge of teaching is, you know, you're just, juggling all of the curriculum and the procedures, the routines, the expectations, the requirements, in addition to handling and influencing young people. I, I often tell my new and beginning teachers, you know, it's okay to say you're sorry if you've made a mistake in your treatment of a student or your handling of a situation. Much better to say, you know, God, I really didn't handle that the way I probably should have. I, I'm sorry for that. That goes a very, very long way with students, not only in letting them see you're human, you make mistakes, but that you're willing to accept responsibility if you did kind of foul that up, whoops, mess that part up, I, you know, gosh, I am sorry, let me, I'm going to try to do better on that, I, you know, um, that goes a long way. That and being okay with not knowing what you don't know and saying, right. oh, you know what, I don't know the answer to that question, let's figure that out, like being right. okay with that. They would much rather have a teacher who's willing to do those things than one who just gets up in front of the class and pretends that they know everything and that they've got it all under control. Because really on a given day, <laughs> you have it under control a few minutes here and there at a time, you're doing okay. You're yeah. doing okay. It's, it's ever changing and ever evolving just minute by minute. And so, um, but I think if you come from the heart of students' interest uh, first, that, that you'll be a success. Yeah. Well, thank you, Melissa, so much for being with me today and for sharing all your wisdom. Like clearly you, you just have a wealth of it. And I'm so excited that to see what you're doing with supporting teachers and um, collaborating with you on talking about that. And I just really, really am honored to, to get to hear all of your ideas and the things that you've learned in your classroom over the past 30 some odd years ish years and so yeah yeah well I, I thank you so much for having me it's always a pleasure to talk with other teachers and educators who are um, interested in working with kids and just doing what's right for kids yeah well thank you thank you all right thanks so much Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Again, what a wealth of knowledge and wisdom you've shared with us. And I just love that you have a passion for using all that you know to share that with other teachers and to mentor them. Just wow. Now you can head to my show notes at theishgirl.com forward slash EP55 if you want to find Melissa online. Again, that is theishgirl.com forward slash EP55. Now I have a link there to her website, which is straight out of class, as well as a link to her prepping for success for beginner teachers 
Facebook group. That's the Prepping for Success for Beginning Teachers Facebook group. Now you can also find a link to my Start Strong checklist, which is a resource to help you get organized for your first weeks of school. Again, that is theishgirl.com forward slash EP55. All right, friends, thank you again for hanging out today. And until next time, just remember from an ish girl who is remembering all the awesome teachers she had, which is a big shout out to Mrs. Dorothy Rayo and Mrs. Carolyn Gaston. It is all about connection, not perfection.